everybody, welcome back to Beyond the Pew. Welcome, welcome. We had a little bit of a hiatus. We did, we took a break. A siesta. Uh, El Napo. Nope. Uh, siesta. <laughs> uh, a, little, a little break from <laughs> Beyond the Pew last week. I don't know why. I think yeah. it should have went on. Well, some people were not able to make it. Yeah. Uh, though it will remain on, on, on unknown. Or... I was away, yeah. Yeah, you were away, um, but I wasn't saying. Yeah. But you were here. I was here. Yep. So, so, yeah, okay. we're, right, we're, cool. we're back. We're back. We're back. We're back. Listen, uh, we figure, so. we figure before you introduce our special guest for the day, yes. we figure since we're going to be starting a new series on parenting with some yes. parenting, yes. like focus on parenting, mm -hmm. we felt that it might be better just to take a break. And well, that's not why we took the break. Well, no, but while we were taking the break, we we're like, okay, mommy, <laughs> yeah. maybe let's continue taking the break. But that's not why we took the break. Yeah. But once it was happening, we were like, okay, okay. go with it. Well, yeah. Absence makes the heart grow fonder. Fonder. So we hope that, that you miss us. So we hope that everybody's very fond of this episode of Beyond the Pew, which is episode number uh, 24. I don't think it is. I think, I think it's 23. 23. Yeah. 23? I don't know that you've ever got it right, but do you know the number? Because we're getting dangerously getting close. close to the deadline. 330. Oh. You got it. Three three one six four five three. three, three See, one. you only have like twelve or thirteen more episodes yeah, to learn. So this. I got time. Okay, I got time. I'm not confident that that's gonna happen. But listen, slow and steady win the race. I already got three. Okay, Pastor Steve Bogan's yeah. with us today. Yeah. Hello, hello, Steve's Pastor Steve. Hello, man, God. And, You're uh, not seeing double. He's here. <laughs> he is here. Wow. You see, you guys act like you get upset about that, but you perpetuate that. No, we're just, we're just saying. Go, we're just go ahead with it. You are here sitting confident because the Bills. One, they did they win. They destroyed. They did destroy the No one showed up to play, which yeah. is the Bills. And, and Pastor Steve, you are a Chargers fan, so yes. you're happy. Kind of. Mm. Well, they, they, Chargers didn't play so good. But they beat the Browns. They did. Yeah. But the so, Browns kind of gave them the game. And then you are game. a massive Guardians fan. Yeah, huge Guardians. No, you're no. all about Guardians. No, you, why, you, why even say that? You, you love, love the Guardians. I'm a little bitter. I'm, I know, And people think it's foolish. I don't care if they think it's foolish. Uh, as a Cleveland Indians fan from the time I was, you know, Last year, this yeah, big. Yeah. I, I I have been a last year. No, from the time year? I was very, <laughs> from the time I was a little, little short oh, from God. the time I was really young, as like a little 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 kid, I have been an Indians fan, Indians fan, yeah. Indians Change fan, all the heartbreak and everything else, and so now it's it's a little bit the bitter for me that the Indians Guardians gonna go to the playoffs, and I'm kind of I know I don't want people to be mad about this, but I'm kind of like rooting against them to win a World Series because it's not the it? Indians. Getting a record, who are you rooting for? Um, you going for the the Yankees? Ooh. The Yankees. So the Guardians uh, win the World Series. You are not gonna get no merch, no nothing about no, them. No, 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 no. So he he Here's acts, he acts like he's a big Ohio a sport fan. Nope. But he doesn't that. root for he doesn't root for the Ohio <laughs> no, State University. Never said that. He doesn't root for <laughs> Florida, the, right? Florida Gators. Yeah, yeah Florida Gators. Gators. He doesn't root for the Browns. He roots for the Bills. Yeah. He doesn't root for the Cavs. He roots for the uh, LA. Nope. Uh, I like, root for the, the Lakers. Are you like the Cavs? No, yeah. I'm a Cavs fan. Oh, he's a Cavs. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I never said I was an Ohio sports <laughs> fan. I said I'm an Indians <laughs> fan, a Cavs <laughs> fan. I'm a Buffalo Bills fan. Listen, we're gonna dive into the questions. You know, first question. This is a poll. We want to. We want to know a, a, a poll, how do you say pool 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 yeah pool. So right. that a question. So, but why are you acting like you're reading it? It's not on the paper. Well, well, uh, it's right here. It says, <laughs> "What is worse, to go tanning as a guy to go bed tanning, or to ask a photographer to add a little bit of uh, hair to your wedding?" <laughs> but if you go tanning, 
and your wife wants to do yeah, it. Yeah, different. Let me set the context. And first of all, I'm, I am I am absolutely shocked. I'm absolutely shocked that you're willing to bring this up because I don't, um, I don't think you see the scope the of, air, what, of what you're Listen, doing. Listen, if you come to my you office, you'll scoop. see the pictures there. So, <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. It's a little bit extra. Yeah, a little bit of... Listen, <laughs> when, the, when, the, when the photographers get into more magic, <laughs> I just shave it up. <laughs> just to help I think, out. I think people are really confused because they have no idea what you're yeah, talking about. Okay, go, so, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Bring to some set context. the context, um, when I was a young lad, um, 20 years old, anticipating getting married to my soon-to-be wife at the time, my wife, we were taking our honeymoon to the Caribbean. And so uh, my wife had asked me if I would be willing leading up to the wedding <clears throat> to go tan with her, to go tanning. And so I said, yeah, you know what? Uh, if you want me to do that out of wow. oh. service to you as my soon-to-be wife, but also because I talked to a lot of people and they said that if you don't have any kind of like base tan, you go to the Caribbean and you're out too long in the sun, you get burnt. Honeymoon would be no, miserable. That's, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I so I, you know, I never got so yeah. yeah, so I, I went tanning with my wife. That's um, it's the only time I've ever gone tanning. I went with her uh, as we were getting ready to be married at her request. So I did that. I feel yeah. no shame in that. Now, for you, it came Man, across well, my lap. Let, let me, let me then yeah. get my context. So, right. so you did, you know, I was when I was a young lad. Yep. I was getting married, mm -hmm. and we were taking pictures. Yep. And I will see my hair. And there were some areas that were not as graciously growing as other areas. So I said to the photographer, I said, hey, uh, when you're editing this, could you add a little bit of uh, black hair there? And like, was that game? You know, when you yeah. get hair on this. Yeah. So she you, went, at your request, at my request, you asked her to, for, to for, doctor your wedding photos. For the sake of a good po photo. What's the difference uh, between that Je and a filter? Jenny asked you to do that? No, I asked. Well, Je no, your wife didn't actually do no, that? No, I asked. Oh, yeah. so it was at your request. Yeah, but it's it's digitally done. Yeah. Here's And here's where the crowd, the audience is going to have to decide. Because one was digi digitally done. Yeah. You, I alter a picture. Hey. Whereas you alter your actual body. Mm. Yeah. No, I mean, listen, by if going, you need that, if that... If yeah, that's I'm not gonna last I mean, forever, though. For <laughs> what I've seen in the movies of how... how, how uh, yeah, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> Steve... <laughs> It's a family uh, show. It's a family podcast. We gotta explain why show. Pastor Steve is here because yeah, why is Pastor Steve yeah, here? Yeah, why, are you here Steve? why am I here? We're talking about parenting, right? Yeah, we're so Not that I'm like we said one, earlier, we're excited for Pastor yes, Steve to be yes. joining us today. We're gonna be for the next <laughs> few weeks. We're gonna be doing. Uh, we're gonna answer some of the questions, but we want to end with a focus on the families. And Steve, being our discipleship pastor, we want to hear from him from his expertise on how to. Uh, parents should disciples to kids and things like that. So we'll get to that. All right. But let's start with this we question. We will get to that. Yeah. We Steve, we're glad you're here. Thank yeah. you. Thank you, pastors. Yeah. yeah. Men so, of God. Thank you. Um, let me, where was the question that I saw? Um, what should my prayer life look like and how should I be praying? Pastor Bruce? What should my prayer life look like? And how should, should I be praying? How should I be praying? And how should I be praying? Oh man, that's a that's a good question. Um, that's a it's a challenging question because I I think if you ask any believer, how's your prayer life? Um, I don't know that I've ever talked to a believer when you ask that question. They're like, man, it's as good as it should be. Mm -hmm. uh, most people always answer with, you know, it's not what it should be. Yeah. Um, and so, <clears throat> what should my prayer life look like? I think would be what the Bible talks about our prayer life looking like, which would be a dependence on God. Uh, it would be an acknowledgement of God's 
sovereign control, an acknowledgement that we need him, mm -hmm. um, a dependence on him. Um, you know, Jesus talked to the disciples about how to pray in Matthew 5 and um, that when you pray, this is how you ought to pray. It's either Matthew 5 or 6. Um, I can't think if it's 5 or 6, but... Um, <clears throat> and so there's a acknowledgement of the authority of God, the holiness of God, dependence on God. Um, you know, a lot of people use that when says, so, so, what should my prayer life look like and how should I pray? Um, <clears throat> a lot of people use a, a acts model, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, mm -hmm. supplication model, yep. where you adore the name of God, declare his holiness and how good and how faithful he is. And you give confession of sin, anything that you know is in your life that might be hindering your walk with him. And then you give thanksgiving to God, recounting all the things that God has done and what he promises to do. And then supplication, which is request to God. So that's one way people pray is through that acts, prayer, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. Um, but I do think it should start and begin with an acknowledgement that God is God. We are not. Um, we want to pray in accordance with God's will, um, that his will would be done. And mm -hmm. um, I think that's a healthy way to go yeah. about doing that. Yeah, that's awesome. Praying scripture yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, giving prayer to God using the word of God is something I think that is great as far as communion with God. So yeah. I would encourage the praying scripture as well. Mm -hmm. So yeah. that's for Steve. Yeah, no, for me, like all the stuff that you said, I've, I've used. But here lately, I, I bought like a little <clears throat> journal and I write down like prayer requests that people ask me to pray for, like my connect group or people i'm meeting with and so i kind of sometimes even schedule my prayers i don't, I don't know if that's like biblical now but just kind of like what am i who am i gonna pray for like tomorrow like mm -hmm. what missionaries especially like the prayer guys hopeful yeah. that we have here too but i don't know something that my dad always told me is like you want to be ready when you enter the kingdom of god like when you bring your words to god you want to be ready and not just you know not yeah. to say words but just really have your thoughts together and yeah. so that's something my dad always does, like, in Thanksgiving when we pray. Like, he just, like, when he, he prays, he just waits for five minutes. We're like, okay, we're mm -hmm. hungry. What's going on? But he's like, I'm just getting my thoughts together before I even bring before the Lord. And so that's one way it's helping me. It's just, like, I kind of, not at every prayer, but just kind of schedule who I'm praying for. Yeah. Uh, but obviously, starting with adoring the Lord, uh, thankful for what he's done. And then my petitions, I always put them at the end. Uh, mm -hmm. and that too so that's been helpful just to yeah. organize who i'm praying for but also checking up on that individual like i think a lot of times i know for me when i say hey pray for me like, okay yeah and i forget what the request yeah. was so that helps me even go back to them say hey like i prayed for you last week yeah. how was the situation on that so yeah yeah <clears throat> uh, if you're uh, if you attend maranatha bobby church you mentioned something but you sh just to make it uh to highlight it again we do have something called prayer guide mm -hmm. which is something that you can grab at one of our welcoming mm -hmm. centers and online too and online too yeah, yeah. and yeah. online where you can access and see uh you know kind of like have like a direction on what to pray for each day mm. and so that's something that you can do to practice uh one thing one thing that i thought it was very practical that i i was challenged in college and i to this day is awesome it's the idea you know like think about in, the, in your regular day-to-day -day life how often are you talking to yourself and the conversations that you're having in your head like sometimes i'm finding myself like arguing with people in my head like in things like that right and yeah no, I'm like no, I'm like you've never done that um what, is it, what does that look like yeah, i'm in my hand i'm like 
But every time I every time I win, every no, time you win, no, Steve. I'm winning though. You're winning, man. But then, I, but then I do have the conversation, and every time I just lose. So like, you'll be walking around and you'll just be like, no, Steve, I don't like that. Like no, no, in my head, like I'm not talking. <laughs> like, in my head, but in like, your head, you're thinking that. Oh, it's like yeah. If he says this, I'm gonna say this. And if, oh, okay. Yeah, I like you don't strategy, do that. Strategy. But. The, the challenge was, like, why instead of talking with yourself, you spend that time talking with God? And, and it has been awesome to be able to, like, on the way to work, just walk and uh, whatever, like, just take the time in my in just to pray. Like, yeah. not have to be this elaborate thing where I have to stop, get on my knees, and, and, and get in a posture. posture. Like, it can happen in your, in your, in your daily life. Yeah. Uh, and I would reference that to Nehemiah. As he, right before he goes to talk to the king, he says there that he prays to God. Mm -hmm. You know? And so... I think that's a good thing. So, next question. Uh, this is for you, Pastor Bruce. How can you identify a false teacher? Ooh. And how should you respond? Yeah, I mean, this was a problem in the early church, right? So, Paul the Apostle addresses this. Um, we see this addressed um, in, a, in a number of Paul's letters. Um, and uh, we also see John address this in, in the book of 1 John. And in each instance where Paul's addressing this or warning the believer, where John's addressing this and warning the believer, um, there's a calling on the believer to measure what is being taught against what they've already received. The sound doctrine mm -hmm. is how uh, it's put in in First John, I think, and also in Timothy, but um, the sound doctrine and teaching they've received that they're measuring what is being taught against the true message of the gospel that they've received. And so identifying false teachers should be pretty easy, I would yeah. say, for the believer that knows the Word of God, because anybody who is teaching something contrary to what the Word of God teaches could be put into that category of false, a false teacher, someone who's teaching something contrary to what God's Word says. And so that magnifies the necessity of knowing and loving God's Word personally, um, so that we know uh, when we hear something that that's not what God has said or mm -hmm. what God has revealed in his word. Um, but I, I would say there's a number of things to be weary of when you're listening to a teacher and you're like, is this person teaching yeah. falsely? Because mm -hmm. a lot of times people will teach half-truths, right? They'll teach some things that sound biblical or maybe you're even biblical uh, in some of what they're saying, but then they're going down these rabbit trails of things that would be contrary to what God would expect or want. Mm -hmm. And so I think looking at the character of the individual that's teaching as well is important. Um, the Word of God says that not many should assume to be teachers because they're going to be held to a greater standard yeah. and judged mm -hmm. harshly. And so I think looking at the character and integrity of the one that's teaching as well is important. Mm -hmm. And um, I, would, I would be weary of teachers or those that are proclaiming God's Word who are... Um, making more about themselves than they are the Lord um, or trying to magnify their own name over the name of Christ um, who are doing it because of um, the desire for wealth or gain as opposed to, you know, in humility serving the Lord. So uh, clearly against the backdrop of Scripture would be primary and then looking at the character of the individual as well I mm -hmm. think is important. Mm -hmm. So That's good. Yeah. So I think this is a good segue to talk about parenting because when you think about the, the current generation of youth, there's a lot of things out there that are teaching our students. Yep. Uh, and some of this stuff are even coming from the church, people from the church that we will say by looking at them, by looking at their teaching, the way that they behave, the way that they act, the way that they live their, their, they live their life, we can come to the conclusion that they will fall under the curve of a false teacher. Now, 
those are the ones that are teaching and, and, and those are the people that are teaching our students and our kids. And so, Pastor Steve, as our discipleship pastor, what would you say is the role of a parent in discipling their kid, especially when there is so many false things going around that are being indoctrinated to our students? Yeah. No, that's a good question. Yeah, I think first is, as a parent, making sure our relationship with the Lord is is growing. Like, like, I think of Deuteronomy chapter 6, you know, you know, God says, Live the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And then he says, goes on and says, and teaches to your children when you lay, when you walk. But I think we forget the beginning part is, do you love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength? Like, as a parent, that's something that even me and my wife, we pray constantly that our relationship is growing in the Lord is as founded in God's truth so that when we teach biblical principles to our kids, it's from the Bible and not just from mm-hmm. false teaching or anything like that. So I think first is, as a parent, how is your your relationship with the Lord? Are you growing? Do you know what the truth is? Do you know the basics of our faith, a good foundation in that? Uh, so you can know what the warning signs of a false teacher is and know what your kids you know, should hear. But also, yeah, like... I, you know, when I was a youth pastor, I saw a lot of parents wanting the church to disciple their kids instead of them doing the job. And I remember when parents would get mad at me because their kids either did a bad choice or didn't want to go to church or like that, and they blame it all on me, where they didn't put any of the work as well and investing in them, which I see them more than I that I would, like one, you know, probably once a week, I probably mm-hmm. you know see them. So I, I would say just man. Like even like my dad, whenever I would come from camp or mission trips, or even you know when I with my youth group, he'd always ask me, "What did you learn? You know, what did you learn tonight? Or what did God teach you?" Uh, and those were conversations we had at night. And obviously, mm-hmm. he would have a devotional that we would read together, and he would just explain to me the you know basic theology at a young age. I didn't mm-hmm. know much about it, but I knew the truths of the gospel. I knew what was real, what was not. Uh, and so even at a young age, when I my friends were listening to these popular speakers back then, I can say, no, they're not. They're kind of changing the gospel there. It's not true. Not that I was, like, a theologian or anything, but because of what my parents taught me, basic, especially going to church as well, I knew what was true and, and what mm-hmm. was it. And so I think it's that, like, are we spending time with our kids, you know, as we go to movies, games, all that stuff, but are we spending time as well teaching them God's word, at least mm-hmm. the principles, and even what they're learning here at church, are we taking it home and asking them, hey, what does that mean to you? And, mm-hmm. and helping them find the truth and through God's word so yeah. they can know what, what, yeah. what false teaching looks like. So, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Now, you mentioned that, and, and I know from your story that your dad was a big influence mm-hmm. in your upbringing and he was very invested. You grew up, what would you would say, in a home where that shared Christian's values, yeah. right? Yeah. Now, Pastor Bruce, if correct me if I'm wrong, yeah. you grew up in a different setting, right? You you come from a different background, parents uh, Catholic, right? Yes. Uh, you grew up in that uh, world, so it shared. There's there may be some similarities to Christianity to understand, but not to the way that Steve. So you now as a father, how do you go? You know, how do you uh, disciples your kids? You have three daughters. Yep. Three of them are one in the high school, two in the middle school. You have four daughters. Sorry. Four. Yeah, yeah, it's four, four. <laughs> I forgot. Leah. Leah. Leah's not in the youth, but still. <laughs> Correct. Um, you have three. You have four daughters, yep. three in the youth, right? One high school, two middle schoolers. They're now at the point where they're really in the midst of all of this, mm. uh, uh, like in the midst of the culture. They're being taught all of these different things. Sure. And we can spend hours tackling, tackling all of these different things that they're being faced with. But as someone like you with your background that, grew, that may not have the example of his dad, 
like I'm sure your dad was great, but you may not have someone like his dad who was like invested in the church. Like, how do you go from there? How how do you treat your your kids in this in this uh, culture? Yeah, so I I grew up. Um, my family was Roman Catholic. My dad came to know the Lord just as I was going to be entering my teenage years. Okay, and so from the time I was a teenager until the time obviously I graduated and moved out for college, etc. Um. You know, I did have a faithful example in my okay. my dad as far as discipleship goes, as far as him living out his faith. And, mm-hmm. and one of the, I guess, um, strongest impacts on my life from my father was he has a tremendous love. And to this day, he has a tremendous love for the Word of God. Mm-hmm. So my dad, um, I can't think of a single day um, from the time I was in middle school through graduating high school where there would be a single day where I would not see my dad reading the scriptures. Like it was daily. Yeah, I mean, I always saw him yeah. reading the Bible every day. And he also would give us verses every day to like, Hey, you should think on these verses today, memorize mm-hmm. these verses. He'd write them out on pieces of paper and give them to my sisters. And then we'd go to school in the morning, every morning he would do that. Mm-hmm. And so it was really a challenge of hiding God's word in our heart, memorizing scripture. And, and so I was fortunate because, um, because my dad came to know the Lord when I was just entering my teenage years, um, everything was brand new for him that he was reading in scripture. Mm-hmm. So he was excited to like teach yeah. us everything he was learning because <laughs> yeah. he had never read the Bible private, yeah. pr- uh, yeah. previous to that. Yeah. So, um, but the way that translates over from my role as a dad today and what it's challenged me with is to help my daughters understand what does God's word say mm-hmm. and how the priority has to be, what God says yeah. more than what man says. And so uh, as an example, already the girls are coming home from school, uh, middle school, high school, with questions, they might be taught something in class or they might hear their friends talk about mm-hmm. something or their friends challenge them with something. And yeah. I have to be available as a dad um, and not be annoyed at, you know, the the questions that come and take the time that's necessary to be able to talk through those mm-hmm. things, but also to pray for them. Um, I make a point because uh, I take my two daughters in the morning early um, and every morning I pray for uh, all, all the girls um, as they're going to be going to school. Uh, pray with my two oldest as I'm taking them to school and pray for the other two as well with them. And then I make it known to them as well that every day at 1040, I pray for them uh, as well while they're at school during the day when they're there and pray specifically for them. And uh, and I think that's encouraging for them, but it's also, you know, twice in the first couple hours that they're at school that I'm proactively praying for them every day mm-hmm. while they're there. And, and my prayer isn't even constant that let them be a witness for you, Lord, as much as it is that God would, um, you know, grow them, keep them protected, safe, but encouraged in him uh, as opposed to in the world and um, that he would allow them to be a testimony for Christ, but um, just caring for their souls, you know, as a dad. So I think being willing to answer hard questions that come up, uh, being willing to speak the truth of scripture uh, in a plain and understandable way to them even when it's not socially acceptable uh, to be able to guide them back to what does God's word say? And, and I tell the kids all the time, it's their responsibility to as much as possible, live at peace with everybody, mm. um, to love others, to encourage others, to be an example of Christ to others, um, to be an encourager. I mean, that's a huge thing right now that I try to help them to see is they can play the role of encourager with their friends that are down and, 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 just troubled by the world and and that might give opportunity for them to talk about Christ. And the girls are pretty bold in doing that. I mean, I've been excited to see how God's worked in their life. So, yeah, yeah, but I think that's, that's a major part of of that. So, yeah. And, and I think I would just echo into what you guys are saying. 
as a parents, there has to be this burden in our heart to really understand and study the Word of God. Mm -hmm. Because the culture that we're in, there's, again, there's so many false doctrines, false teaching that are tackling our students, yeah. our mm -hmm. kids. Do you think about self-worth, identity, uh, you know, gender, yep. uh, you know, uh, purpose, you know, life in general, what's okay, what's, what's good, what's bad. And if we as the parents that we have been entrusted to with them, if we don't know where we stand on those things, if we don't know how to tackle those things, if we don't know how to address those things, then we're doing a disservice to our own kids. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and I think instilling in our kids the understanding, too, of their value in the sight of God, mm -hmm. right? Um, with social media and the social media world we live in and pictures, Instagram, Snapchat, all that, what kids put on display on, on social media, to, like for Instagram, for example, <laughs> Um, the pictures that you see there, there's filters that have been used for them. Professional photographers will touch up photos to make them look better um, because of what they want been to there. see. Been but there. the point <laughs> being, the point being is that is that we want our kids to have this understanding. Yeah. <laughs> we want our kids to have this understanding that their value worth is not based upon yeah. the the eyes of yep. men. Yep. So, right? so like as a youth pastor here at Maranatha, I have, uh, there's been a couple of times where we've done Q and A, and these are our anonymous. Like I don't get to see. Although yep. sometimes I know who they are, but uh, based on the context of the questions and how they ask it. But anyways, I, I will never forget the student that asked the question of like, you know, uh, like why would it, it was on a series. We were doing a series on dating and this student asked, question, <clears throat> asked this question. Why would anybody care about me or mm. give me the time of day when there's so many other pretty girls out there and and I'm just here uh, alone and I'm useless. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like. I, I can't imagine, like as a as a dad, if either hmm. either of my two daughters were to say something along those lines. Hmm. But that is the effect of our culture. That is what our culture is doing to our people. That is to diminish their value before the sight of the Lord. Hmm. Is feed them the lie that they're not enough. That they must do something else. That they need to achieve something else. And how crucial and important it is for us as parents to understand the Word of God and to stand by the Word of God. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's important what Steve had mentioned of love the Lord your God first. Like as a parent, mm -hmm. if I'm loving the Lord my God with all my heart and soul and strength, if I'm truly loving God in that way, yeah. that will be seen in the way that I love my wife and the way that I love my children. Yeah. yeah. If it's if the starting point is a parent, like if a parent's like, where do I even begin? I would say you begin with your personal walk with Christ, that yeah. it is right so that what your kids are observing of you in your home yep. is not just what you're telling them, but what you're living for them to see, right? So there's consistency between those two things because kids know what's authentic and what's not. Mm -hmm. um, they know when someone's telling them something like, you don't even do that. You know, that's, they know that and, yeah. and they, they see that and they pick up on it. So it's vitally important that parents first have that right relationship with the Lord. They're loving the Lord, their God, and, and desiring to honor Him. And then they can translate that over to a love for their children yeah. um, that kids need. Uh, kids need to be loved. They need yeah. to be cared for. Yeah. They need to know that they're valued, and they need to know with authenticity that my love for my daughters is not based upon what they can do for me. Yeah. Right? That's, and the same is true in God's love for us. God's love for us, God's love for my children is not based upon what they can do for him. Yeah. The Bible says God demonstrated his love for us when we were yet sinners. 
that Christ mm -hmm. died for us. So when we were enemies of God, haters of God, when we had nothing to offer God, he demonstrated the greatest love. Mm -hmm. And so that's not something you earn. It's not something that changes mm -hmm. depending on how obedient or disobedient you mm -hmm. are. And, and so I think our kids need to see that yeah. same type of love yeah. from us. Yeah. And also I think – and this is why I saw as a youth pastor even now like the mistakes a lot of parents do that they want to be their friends of yeah. their kids. Like, And uh, like – my parents were not my friends. No, they were no, my friends, no, you know. No. <laughs> but it's like, and, and the way I explain that, it's like while the kids live under your house, it's yeah. like the relationship is different in the sense of, okay, you're the parent. Your, your role is to guide them, uh, help them grow spiritually, help them make wise decisions in their life as they grow. Uh, but, like, I thought about this the other day. Like, my dad randomly calls me sometimes now and asks me for advice. I was like, I think to this day I think it's so weird. Like, okay, like he's yeah. asking me yeah. advice, like a job yep. change. Like, but the relationship has changed. I'm no yeah. longer under his household. Yeah. Now, you know, like right now my kids are young, so I'm not trying to be their friend. I'm trying to be the parent. Now we're having fun all, all that as well, yeah. you know. But, but I think also – you know, something that, that I'm trying to do with my kids is answering the question why we do certain things. Like, why do we go to church? Why do we do this? Why do we read yeah. our Bible? The whys. The whys. And there's a lot yeah. of whys yeah. I get every day. Yeah. Uh, but that was the one. I was like, why do, we do, why do we read the Bible every night? You know, why yeah. do we do this? And I think answering those questions helps them. And, like, I remember my dad, every time we, or my mom, every time we dropped me off at school, uh, they, they always asked me, why do you go to school? And I was like, so I can pass yeah. math, get education. Like, no. So the first yeah. is to tell people about, or, you know. Glorify God, what would you do, and then, you know, pass. You yeah. Know? Uh, and so that, that was ingrained in me to understand, okay, my purpose here in school, yes, is to get education, to grow, but as well to share my faith with others. And that gave me my purpose. Like, oh, man, like, this is what I was created mm -hmm. to do. Mm -hmm. And so I think as parents, and I think that's, I think of the book of Judges, you know, I think chapter two or, you know, chapter one, it says, like, this generation forgotten all the things that God has done for them. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it's because of the generation before forgot to, Disciple them, you know, tell them about the great things of God. But I wonder if they yeah. were told and reminded that they remember the good things that God did. Maybe there wouldn't be a book of Judges because yeah. they were faithfully following the yeah. Lord because of the previous yeah. generation teaching them. And so that's kind of, even with Paul with Timothy, you know, 2 Timothy 2, too, you know, it's like take this and pass it to faithful men that would teach it to other faithful yeah. faithful men. That I think it's us passing that legacy, that baton to our children to yeah. say, hey, you know, like my dad, my side, my dad's, was the only first believer inside of his family. And yeah. so it's kind of like that legacy has been passing down, you know, generation, yeah. generation, you know. So let's get a little bit practical here Ooh. because we live in a, in a culture that, uh, you know, that the ideal home is not longer the case for most of the people. So here's how I would ask just for the sake of practicality. Steve, why don't you share about uh, what what in your per, in your perspective in your opinion what are some tips or some things that you would suggest for parents that both parents live at home and that both parents are still married uh, mm -hmm. and committed like what discipline their kids will look like and then Pastor Bruce share how that will look like for a parent that is dysfunctional because you shot. You talk about like, like, and I totally agree with that. Like, let's not be like we have not been called to be friends of our, our to yeah. our kids. We've been called to be their parents. Yeah, yeah. That's our responsibility for the Lord. But there are times that families, there's for whatever Separate, reason, yeah. they're separated, and now you have one parent that doesn't want to meet, lose the relationship with their mm -hmm. kids at all, and they know that if they become parents, you know, if they act as a parents, it's going to tarnish their relationship. So they'd rather just be their friends. Yeah, for the sake yeah. of. Keeping yeah. our relationship. So let's go that way. So first, no, you can go first. Uh, 
Okay. I'm the captain today, so you can oh. go first. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, just you know, you got I got I got a two year old. Like I feel like you guys have more to to share about <laughs> uh, parenting. So so what uh, to do? Like what to do when 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 like what are some practical tips for parents that are both married? So yeah. to, to, you know. Yeah, uh, I would say like you know we like I said we had a family night where we got together once a night and we prayed, looked over scripture, uh, but also my dad would come to my room every night, pray with me, but also ask me, hey, what'd you learn at youth or what'd you learn, you know, from your own quiet time? So, I think having a moment where you are like for us, you know, Monday to Friday we're constantly like we're doing a quiet time and it's kind of like like Sunday night we review what they learn. At kid, you know, at Sunday school with kids ministry, and just kind of see how they can live that out. Uh, but we do a devotional that we're doing right now. It's called Foundations for Kids, and uh, just kind of goes through the whole book of the Bibles. You know, kind of walking through, teaching them how to study the Word. And uh, but yeah, just having those times together, and as well in the weekends, uh, I try to take one kid out for breakfast and just kind of not every week because you know it's getting a little, it's getting a little expensive but <laughs> i try to do something creative like you know yeah. where i can take at least one of them or sometimes all together and just yeah. kind of like ask you know especially my nine-year-old like you know there's certain movies that he's not allowed to watch you know and he asking why you know so like a lot of these new disney movies coming out are you know kind of putting some messages in there that i don't want my art kids yeah. to watch and so we have had those conversations already at a young age but that gives them the freedom to want because that's the thing i want my kids to not try to hide things i want them to know mm -hmm. hey i can come to dad uh but yeah so like like i said every night or maybe find one night a day where you as a family get together you know read scripture together pray together uh, but also find those if you have more than one kid find those one-on-one -on -one moments that you can you know be with them and just mm -hmm. Pray over them, encourage them. Like I said, that's what my dad did with me. We went to Denny's when when, when it was good. Like on Saturdays, <laughs> 7 o'clock. When it was good. at 7 o'clock because he would meet with some guys. But then, like, we would meet together. Then go do, you know. But in those moments, he would just ask me, hey, what are you learning in school? What are they talking about? Like, what's been your struggles kind of deal? So, you know, giving that space for your kids to, to talk to you. Yeah. But having those moments as well that you are intentionally in God's word together, uh, praying together yeah. as well. So That's awesome. Pastor Bruce? First of all, have you ever been to Dennis? I have been. Do not get steak. No, I have no. never been to Dennis. You never been to Dennis? No. So really, yeah. uh, meet me at Irene's though in Hartville. Hey, yeah, shout never, out! Yeah, that I've place is good, good man. I should, I should, I keep hearing about it. They have this uh, breakfast called <laughs> Ultimate French Toast. I keep hearing about I, that. Yeah, the, the French Toast. The Ultimate French. Are they toast. open all all day? Uh, I think seven two? to two. To seven two to two. So you can go to like brunch. Yeah, it's excellent though, and the sausage links. Listen, I feel like brunch is one of those things. This is a rabbit trail before we jump into your question. But but brunch is one of those like things in America, like men, men made invented that makes no sense. Like somebody out there was feeling guilty that they were eating. I'm, I'm not gonna get into. Isn't that a British thing? Oh, is it British? I don't know. Question. I don't know. Maybe. Who? All right. Go ahead. In Hawaii or Alaska? <laughs> all over the world. All around the world. <laughs> Who yes. invented brunch and why? <laughs> But yeah. yeah, anyway, so okay. if you are uh, uh, divorced parents, right, that they have shared custody and, yeah. you know, they have, you know, and maybe you have a parent that is a Christian, the other one that is not a Christian. Maybe you have a parent that really wants to disciple their kid, but their other, uh, the other pet set of parent is against everything that they're teaching them. Like, how do they navigate this, this waters? Yeah. So you had talked about earlier with the question as well, that it seems like a lot of the concern a parent has in the scenario you're describing is that they want to be a friend to their their child mm -hmm. right and and the worry that if they're not um a friend to them 
if they're apparent to them that it's going they're going to lose opportunity to have influence in their life and and so for me when i hear that one of the things i ask is define what is meant by i want to be a friend mm. um most of the time when we think about a parent who says well i want to be a friend to my kid and we're like oh can't be a friend and be a parent well defend on what de- depends on what the definition of friend is if by friend we mean they're not going to challenge me on anything i do mm-hmm. Or if by friend we mean they're not going to play the role of the one that is to discipline them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Or if by friend we mean there's no standards, we can do whatever we want to because our friends aren't going to tell us what we should or shouldn't do. Or if by friend we mean they're going to encourage their child to do whatever their child wants to do, whether it's right or wrong, then certainly we don't want to be encouraging parents to primarily be friends. If by friend we mean hey, I want to be someone that my child can talk to and know that I'm going to listen to them. If by friend we mean I, I like to have fun with my yeah, my kid. Yeah. If by friend we mean I want to have similar interests and hobbies and enjoy what they enjoy and understand what they enjoy, then by all means be a friend yeah. to them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that there has to be an understanding that when we say as a parent you can't be a friend first – we don't mean you can't care, love, take interest fun, in, yeah. and participate yeah. and have fun with your kid. Yeah. What we mean when we say yeah. that is that you, if you have to choose between a parent who is responsible for the spiritual well-being of your child when they're in your home as far as training them and leading them, if by parent we mean you're responsible to be, to be the one that sets discipline in the life of your kid because they're incapable of doing that themselves, mm-hmm. if by parent we mean that you're going to provide for them and steer them and raise them in a particular direction, um, and by friend we mean you can't do any of those things, then be a parent, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think the ideal yeah. scenario for any parent, when this is whether single, divorced, married, yeah. would be that there is a, a can it, kind of a meshing of the parental side of I am a disciplinarian for my child. I'm going to lead them. I'm going to teach them. I'm going to model for them. I'm going to care and love them and steer them in a direction that honors Christ. But at the same time, in doing that, I'm going to take interest in what they're interested in. I'm going to be a friend to them in the sense of enjoy their company, want to spend time with them. And I'm not only going to be present when I need to discipline. I'm going to be present just when times are like fun and good. And so I think you need both. Yeah, you need both. And I think that's where I think sometimes there's a danger in thinking that I have to be one or the other. And it's a dangerous thing when we abandon any principles of God's word as a parent in hopes of keeping our kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're not keeping your kids by abandoning what God's word says. Yeah. You're pushing them farther away from yeah. what really matters. Yeah. And so what we have in, in our culture and society today is a lot of parents who have a great relationship with their kid that wants nothing to do with God, mm-hmm. that wants nothing to do with the disciplines of yeah. God's word, and want, want nothing to do with the church. And yeah, that's great. You have a great relationship with your kid who has abandoned, you know, the the principles of scripture. That's not the result you want, yeah. right? And so as a parent, what I would encourage any parent, single, married, divorced, whatever scenario they're in, you cannot go wrong by doing three things. One, setting your life apart unto the Lord so that your child, no matter what the scenario is, can observe in you authenticity in Christ. Mm-hmm. Two, prioritizing the teaching and modeling of God's word to your child and in your home and setting mm-hmm. that standard uh, that's there for them and that is prevalent for them and they can see it. And three, bathing your child in prayer before the Lord mm-hmm. where you are consistently, constantly at the feet of the Lord in prayer for your children. Yeah. That you're upholding them day and night 
before the Lord, that God would grip their heart and lead them and guide them, that they would know Christ and that they would be faithfully committed to Christ. Um, setting yourself apart unto the Lord, prioritizing the teaching of God's word and modeling that and praying constantly, consistently, yeah. daily for your children are three areas that I think every parent, no matter where they're at, no matter how much financial stability they have, no matter how much social stability they have, any parent can do those three things. Prioritize their personal relationship with yeah. Christ. Prioritize the scriptures and the teaching of the word of God and the standard of the word of God in their home and consistently, constantly pray for their children. Yeah. That is a starting point, in my opinion, for any parent listening. If you want to start somewhere with your kids, start there yeah. and and see what that does. See what yeah. God does in using that. And I think that's consistent for yeah. any parent. And I think this is crucial because in our culture right now, I, I, it's, you clearly see like one of the things that Satan is doing is attacking the families. Sure. And as Satan in the way that it's attacking the families, having parents to kind of disregard those three things that you have said. Absolutely. And kind of like, Push them on the side, ignore them, and 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 allow the parents to not necessarily to become lazy parents, although at, at times that's what it is, but to see the focus of what is important in other mm -hmm. things. And on my own testimony, like yeah. in my life, when I was out there living for the world, those were the three things that my parents were consistently doing, and and those were the three things that God used for me to come back and to that you know find myself rededicating my life and recognize hey i've been living this life wrong i need to you know ask for forgiveness and continue to live the life that god has intended for me to live mm -hmm. but it was yeah. three things my parents you know their their personal growth them yeah. was you know exemplifying that growth instructing me in those things they were telling me they were they didn't hold back even when the conversations were uncomfortable yeah they were clear. They were clear, and 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 told me when things were not going the way that they were to go, and then the constant prayer. They never stopped praying for me, and you know. And so I would echo the way you say. If your parent here and you're listening, these are three crucial things that you can practice, uh, regardless of where you're at. And like have Pastor Steve say, how important it is for you to take the time a week. If you need some practical stuff, take a time of day with your family. Mm -hmm. And then with your individual kids, take another time with them for you to take out. Yeah, and one other thing I would say, because this is the culture we live in as well, the prioritizing of getting your children connected with the body of Christ mm -hmm. is absolutely enormous. Yep. And I, I don't know what standard that looks like for everybody in their individual homes, but if, if we do not value the church, mm -hmm. the body of Christ, um, for our children and the necessity of the body of Christ— I can't tell you how many prayer requests. I would say the overwhelming majority of prayer requests we get in on a weekly basis have to do with parents who are praying for their adult children mm -hmm. who are not in church. Mm -hmm. And and it, it this isn't always the case, but I think what's more so the case presently is if children growing up see that the prioritization of church, the body of Christ and being in church takes a back seat to school events, sporting events, family events, personal events, uh, whatever events, mm. and somehow, some way that there manages to be a Sunday that we can go to church. Um, and we think that that's going to instill in our children the necessity and value of the body of Christ for the believer. We're missing out. Yeah. And, yeah. and so I feel like our culture has so gone in direction of prioritizing everything on Sunday other than church yeah. that people have just become used to it. And then when kids grow and they're adults and they don't prioritize church, parents wonder why. Mm -hmm. um, well, they're just modeling what they saw you know, in yeah. their homes a lot of times. Yeah. Not always, yeah. 
But a lot of times that's what they've seen. Yeah. And, and I think that's going to be even more prevalent of a problem yeah. given the current culture we Especially have. Especially now with like live, like church on at home. Sure. Watching yep. church live stream. Home, yep. and live yeah. stream. Man. And I, that's what I was going to mention that, you know, just being involved in the church with your family. Sir. Like I love in here, like I was walking last month and I saw f- a whole family serving in the kids ministry together. And I was like, man, that's so yeah. awesome. That's, that's great. Yeah. You know, and that's something like even in our house, like, Sports, we could not play anything on Sunday. Like even if our team made a championship, I remember being arguing, arguing with my parents about that. But now I see, man, okay, like nothing comes before the body of Christ, like serving together that too. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. That's awesome. Well, I, like we said, we're gonna be doing this for the next couple of weeks a series on parenting. Yep. So if you have questions, be submitting them a specific question, even if it's not relating to what we're talking that day. We're going to get into some more like difficult topics, you know, like I think one topic that we need to address is the idea of identity. How as parents should we navigate that? Because it is something that is present in the minds of their students that they're constantly questioning who they are and what they are. And so yeah. we're going to be talking, tackling things like that. But last question, very briefly, have you ever almost died? And we'll end on that note. Have you ever almost <laughs> <Wow>. died? <laughs> that's, a, that's a pretty... Intense question. Yeah, yeah. I almost died. Dude, you look like you almost died every day when you were a kid. <laughs> You're like climbing trees. You were I like, like, I was a little crazy. <laughs> but no, I almost died. What? Like, <laughs> I was pretty crazy. Uh, but I remember, like, we're like, I just got married, my wife and I, upstate New York. We're driving to church, uh, and it was a little snow, a little rain happening so i was we're going slow it was like 30 minutes to get to the church so we're, i was going slow i got a little impatient so i put my foot in the middle of the pedal started going and all of a sudden we started on the highway we started just twisting around was so, just with you yeah just with us so i remember we wow. like hit we hit there was a mountain right there we hit the mountain rail and it went over here but there was like a cliff like uh, there and i remember just seeing my wife like well this is it like at least i got married for uh, eight months <laughs> I experienced something, you know? And then, but, but then we hit the rail. <laughs> we hit the rail, spit all the way back, and went to the other side. And all of a sudden, all these semis started, like, coming. And so, like, we yeah. got to stay with that. So, yeah, I was like, man. Yeah, um, New York, no, it's not fun. New York, yeah, yeah upstate wow, New York, man, it's yeah. crazy. So yeah. I almost died there. Wow. And my wife. Yeah, but the Lord's sake. Now, Bruce, we know that you never almost died. You're indestructible, so. No, yeah. right. when I was in kindergarten. Oh, oh kindergarten. Kindergarten, kindergarten, I had. <laughs> Like you're talking about when you were married, he has to go all the way back that he wasn't getting together. I'm so, go, I'm, ahead, go, ahead, I'm, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Okay, go ahead. I, mean, I don't know go what ahead. the big deal is. This is not valid. <laughs> I need to be validated. <laughs> um, when I was in kindergarten, I had um, encephalitis, Ooh, which is who? something you get from a uh, mosquito bite. And I was bit by this mosquito. What is that? Uh, encephalitis. It's like a disease that mosquitoes can pass. Yeah. Yeah. And so when no, I was you calling like that's dengue like like come on now like what is what encephalitis Siri. yeah what is, and so uh, <laughs> when I was in kindergarten and what I was told my parents said that there was nothing they could do for me that I was going downhill there was nothing more they could do um, and it was pretty serious and they thought that I would that I would die there was nothing else they could do for treatment hmm. and then it was kind of miraculous that I just gradually began improving and. I have no, obviously, long-term effects from it. But, yeah, when I was in fifth grade, I missed a ton of school. And um, I don't remember much of it because I was so young. But uh, I just remember it being something very serious that I was mm. told that they, the doctors wow. were at a point of saying, like, we got nothing else we can do. 
And uh, yeah, so it's pretty pretty crazy. Thanks for making fun of it. Yeah, um, that's a, that's a you know, you're anointed um, though. So yeah, moment. <laughs> Look at you, man. I wish it, no, the, Lord, like, the, the Lord, Lord knew. Had a plan because had the Lord, Lord knew. Had he not been bitten by a mosquito, Bruce would be like a six seven. Playing, you know, <laughs> professional football, but, you know. Uh, I don't think I'd want to be 6'7". Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Thanks, though. No, that's cool. For myself, it was also a car accident. I, <laughs> as a kindergarten. Yeah, as a, no, no. <laughs> Should I laugh about that? Or? <laughs> Go ahead, man. I mean, it happened. So I was. How old were you? I was uh, 20, 20, 20, so 20, about 20. 10 years. 20. Yeah. So I got, I was driving and I got behind this truck that was leaking oil and the oil got all over my steering wheel or not my steering wheel, my, uh, (laughs) what is the the thing you call the, the steering thing? Whatever you call that. Like that makes, no, like what, like, I feel like you're making this up. I'm not making it up. I'm just trying to think what you call it. This is the DR. Okay. Uh, but anyways, (laughs) it, it got in my brake in the brake. So I couldn't brake. It kept like, it's skipping. And I couldn't, like, control the wheels because the whole oil was all over my car. And so I saw at a speed that I was driving how I started to, like, turn to the right of the road to the point that I was seeing myself going straight to a wall. And I'm thinking to myself, this is it. Uh, thankfully, though, this DR, the streets in the DR are kind of wild. So this street had, like, a big hole that my front car- tire... Like in my front tire and my back tire, like landed and it kind of like stopped me dry from the bottom. Like it, the, the road stopped the bottom of the car and prevented me from getting on the to get mm. on the wall. So annoying did too. Yeah, but I was look. I mean, I, I remember like this is it. So it was more like you were prevented from getting in an accident, not necessarily dying. Well, I mean, I would never know if I, yeah. you know, the whole, I, that, yeah. that it never happened. Yeah. The street. You don't even remember that you got bit by a mosquito, so I don't know. <laughs> For all I care, you just had a bruise, like, you know? <laughs> all right. See, what's the question we always end this podcast? What? What's the question about what yeah. is your life like beyond the pew? Amen. Yeah. What is yeah. your life like? Have a good week, everyone. God bless. Yeah. We'll see, see you. Good week. Yeah. We'll see you next week. Yeah. <laughs> Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye.